Are you seeking guidance to enhance your TRIO project's effectiveness and success? Look no further. Nosotros Education Center, NEC, is here to empower your TRIO project with expert consulting services. NEC's mission is to promote the effectiveness and impact of TRIO programs. Since 2003, NEC has specialized in providing professional development and in-service staff trainings, allowable cost services, for TRIO projects across the country. The team at NEC, with over 60 years of combined TRIO experience, offers customized workshops and seminars for project staff, compliance assessments, external evaluations, working on and submitting APRs, database customization and training, developments of policies and procedures manuals, and project implementation or reorganization services. Additionally, NEC has secured over $774 million in federal funding with a 92% success rate through their live and on-demand proposal workshops, assistance with data collection and review, detailed technical reviews, and comprehensive proposal development services. Join the hundreds of colleges, agencies, and TRIO projects across the country who benefited from NEC's expertise. Nosotros Education Center, your partner in TRIO's project success. Visit their website at nosotros.edu.org. Again, that's nosotros.edu.org. You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. This is season six, episode four. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, we have Nelsi Montes Romero, who is a Trio Student Support Services Program participant at California State University, Monterey Bay. Nelsie is on the podcast to share her educational journey and discuss her college experience. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Rosario Riley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Jeff Naputi, Angelica Valdez, 
Felicia Rivera, Jaded Electronics, TrioJoblist.com, Nosotros Education Center, Cambridge Educational Services, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the podcast. Head on over to Patreon and search for Let's Talk Trio. Choose one of four patron levels. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month goes a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business and would like to run an ad on our podcast, send us a message for details. Become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. Our business handle is at Let's Talk Trio. Any amount is truly appreciated. If you would like to nominate a participant, staff, or alumni to be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is l-e-t-s-t-a-l-k-t-r-i-o at gmail.com. Again, a great episode featuring Nancy Monter Romero, who is a Trio Student Support Services Program participant at California State University, Monterey Bay. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is a current student at California State University, Monterey Bay, and is a participant of the Trio Student Support Services Program, where they serve as a peer mentor. She is currently the Collaborative Health and Human Services major with a social work concentration and education minor. When she is not focused on school, my guest enjoys playing the violin, traveling to Mexico, and spending quality time with loved ones. Welcome to the podcast, Nelsi Montes Romero. Nelsi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Juan. I am so excited to share my college journey with all of you. It is an honor to have you on this podcast. I think you're literally the second student that we've had from CSU Monterey Bay. I don't know if you know Amaris Lopez. Uh, we've had yeah. her on the. Oh, you do. No, I don't know her, but I, I I listened to her podcast, and then I also know that Alexandria Cervantes was on here too. Oh yes, she was. Yeah, so um, I listened to both of those episodes along with a couple of more, but um, but so I'm the third student, so I'm really You're happy. Good. Yeah, lucky number three. All right. <laughs> so it is a huge honor to have you on this podcast, and I'm really looking forward to our discussion and getting to know you a little bit more, so the audience gets gets to know you. Yeah, um, this is actually my first time on a podcast, so I'm really um, looking forward to it. And I also wanted to give you and your team a huge shout out for, um, you know, putting all of this together. I know it takes a lot of hard work, um, so kudos to you and your team for that. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate that. Uh, as you know, we've been on the air for five years and, you know, we've already we're, we're loving to hearing these uh, uh, trio stories, the wonderful journeys that you all are on and just really hoping to continue uniting these trio stories um, in this podcast. So amazing that you're here. Um, Nelsi, you're out in California. What can you tell us about California and what do you enjoy most, most about it? Well, to start off, I feel like California is a state full of adventure and diversity. Um, I honestly, when I when I think about my childhood, I don't know if I see myself growing up in a different state, to be quite honest. Oh, really? with you. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, I think California is so beautiful because of like the beaches, um, the amazing coastlines. And, you know, it's I feel like Monterey Bay is I know a lot of people say it's not the heart of California, but I feel like it is. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like there's just so much here. And um, the people I really I'm really so grateful to have grown up here. Um, but 
I sometimes tend to forget that I live so close to the beach. So, um, so when I remember, I try to go to the beach. I'm literally like five minutes away. So I think I get to go. Yeah, I know it's, it's hard, but, um, I try to remember and just go when I can. That's awesome. You must get a lot of great views there. Yes. And like, you know, I've lately, I've been seeing some cotton candy, like, um, sunsets and it's been like mind blowing. It's so beautiful. That's wonderful. For those who don't know, uh, Nelson, can you tell us where is Monterey Bay? Okay, so I guess the best way to describe it would be we're literally two hours away. Well, without traffic, with traffic, maybe like two hours and 30 minutes uh, Mm -hmm. south of San Francisco. Um, Monterey Bay is home to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, which is one of the aquariums that is very, very known um, nationwide. And, um, you know, we're really known for all our um, touristic attractions, uh, the Fisherman's Wharf, Cannery Row, Carmel, the beaches, Big Sur, mm. Pixie Bridge, like all those things. Those are really nearby for me. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about Monterey Bay for those of you who don't know. Wonderful. Can you tell us about how uh, you got an interest in uh, playing the violin? Uh, it sounds like traveling, like you like and you enjoy traveling. And uh, yeah, spending that quality time with family. Where did, where did where does that all stem from? Yeah. So, okay, let me do one thing at a time. So yes. playing the violin, I started in fifth grade. I went to Marina Vista and during our last year there, they encouraged everyone to play a violin. And uh, we had a choice between the violin, the cello, uh, the viola. And I don't know why I just gravitated towards the violin. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to play music. I mean, I learned how to read music and it's really hard. It took me a while, but um, I, you know, was able to learn, um, you know, within a couple of months. And then when I went to middle school, I I had to choose an elective and I was like, okay, let me just continue with the violin. So I played the violin through my whole middle school and even in high school. So um, what I really liked about middle school is that at the end of the year, we would celebrate and we would go compete. So we would go to Great America every year. And um, in high school, we would still go to Great America, but I don't know, in high school, it just felt different. Well, let me go back to middle school. Mm. I found a competitiveness side to myself because I had an audition to be a part of like the first violins and the second violins. So I auditioned and I was able to be like with the first violins and have the melody and all of that stuff. So I was like, uh-huh. okay, Nancy, you're pretty competitive. Like kudos to you for, <laughs> for getting that yeah, yeah, yeah. during your seventh grade year. But when I went, when I went to high school, um, the my music teacher Miss Levy she like saw something in me and she's like okay now see I know you want to be in the first violins but I think you would be an amazing section leader like I think you mm. are you know you can teach these students how to read music and you can teach them how to hold the bow correctly and I was like uh, okay sure so that's what I ended up doing I think I did that my sophomore my junior and my senior year mm. um, so I was leading the section um, and that was really amazing as well so that's a little bit about my how I got started with the violin um, unfortunately right now I still play but um it's just kind of hard because you know with college and my jobs and my internship it's really hard to keep up but when I remember that I have a violin I try to play well, that's good <laughs> yeah that's good. um in regards to traveling <clears throat> I actually have a brother in Mexico his name is Victor Angel and uh, he was born over there mm-hmm. 
So I went to go visit him for my first time in 2016. And it was like the best um, experience I've ever had. Mm -hmm. um, it was nice to, you know, go to Jalpa Zacatecas, which is where my mom is from, and really be there with him and, and get to know, you know, the area that my mom grew up in, that my grandma, my grandpa, and all those, all those areas. Um, so I ended up spending three weeks with him. And then since then, I've just been going um, every year. I try to go every year. Yeah. Um, but I actually do go to different places. So I actually do go to Salvador too. Um, I oh, wow. got married a year and a half ago and I go to Salvador. I try to go once a year. Um, my husband has a daughter over there. So mm -hmm. I really try to go spend time with her because um, I'm in the process of fixing him his paperwork mm -hmm. um, to get him legalized. Um, so that's awesome. And then, you know, I also try to go to Washington, Seattle, uh, Hawaii. Um, and yeah, I just like to travel whenever I can. That's um, wonderful. Yeah, I really, I really want to be able to to do that for myself because you know it's not all about college, right? <laughs> you need to treat yourself and you need to really go enjoy other places, and spending quality time with with uh, loved ones. I really, I really love spending time with friends and my family and my sister, my brother. Um, yeah, I just try to do that whenever I can, but it's really hard because my schedule is pretty busy. Yeah, um, so I try to see them whenever I can. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are recording this episode right before the Thanksgiving fall break. Uh, do you have any plans? Uh, are you going to be going home with family? So I actually live 15 minutes away from um, my family. So mm -hmm. I will be spending Thanksgiving break with them. But I think for the most part, my plan is just to refresh and recharge. Mm -hmm. uh, the semester has been super overwhelming um, for me, um, I feel like every semester at CSUMB, and I feel like every student can relate, um, you know, as you go up into your up, upper division courses and stuff, it just gets harder and harder. Mm, so mm. for me, um, I really want to focus on just, you know, relaxing and just treating myself, doing some self-care, uh, because this semester I had to balance four classes, two jobs, an internship. Whoa. And um, yeah, so that's just, you know, really hard. So I'm just trying to do the best that I can. Um, everyone knows me as a busy bee, but um, I just really want to take care of myself for this fall break. Absolutely. Uh, what is something that you're proud to have accomplished this year? Yeah, so for that, um, I guess I can start with my with creating my YouTube channel. Absolutely. I, I created a YouTube channel, but I don't have any content yet. So um, when I do, I'll make sure to post it on my IG. Um, but, you know, I feel like I I really have gone through a lot in my college journey. Um, it's been like such a crazy, crazy ride. Um, and the reason it's called um, Educating Latina is because I really embrace my um, Latina um, identity. And I call it educating as well because I'm still learning about things, right? So I'm I'm learning about things and I want to still keep educating people about certain things. Um, I mainly want to focus on talking about all the services at CSUMB that a lot of students don't know. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's college support programs. There's like um, tutoring. Like some people don't know that we have tutoring in the library on the second floor. They don't know that we have research programs. Like, you know, a lot of students, I don't know, they just don't know. And I really want to be able to talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to talk about my college journey with students who might resonate with my hardships and my challenges as a first generation Latina navigating an unfamiliar system. Um, you know, like I mentioned, I've been through highs and lows in college and um, including I actually got academically disqualified from CSUMB in 2016. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. 
Yeah, it took me like a really long time to be able to get comfortable um, saying that. But I am a strong believer that things um, that things happen for a reason. And getting academically disqualified, it led me to Monterey Peninsula College, where I spent five years like really finding myself and discovering a new career path. I was pursuing a marine science degree and um, oh, I lost myself. Oh, yeah. So I was pursuing a marine science degree and thought I was meant to become a marine biologist. Um, but then I found TRIO at NPC mm. and it really changed my life, honestly. Huge shout out to Grace, Jordan, Stacy, and Lynn. They all contributed to my upbringing at NPC. I found my support system and amazing mentors who inspired me and constantly reminded me that I mattered. And I think that's like the most important part. After my first year in the program, I decided to step out of my comfort zone and I applied for the peer mentor position. And little did I know that um, my passion for helping others would outweigh my passion for marine biology. And um, mm. so I have many, I have so many college experiences that I can share with students to remind them that the road to success is not a linear one. That is very true, right? Because when we we think we want something and then we try it out, there's multiple other paths to get to where you really want to be. That's I, I love that. I like how you really um, uh, cap that off. Uh, what is something you hope to cross off your list before the year is out? Yeah, something that I really want to cross off my list is going somewhere outside of Monterey Bay um, with my family. Oh. Um, I really want to visit San Francisco with my siblings and my mother. Um, it's been so hard to get all of us together, right? Because I'm in sure. college. My younger siblings are doing their own thing. My mother's working. And it's just like all of our schedules don't really align. Mm -hmm. uh, so I really want to make that a priority before the year ends to be able to spend quality time together in a city that is full, full of adventure as well. Uh, my mother doesn't really leave Monterey Bay, but I want to be able to take her to new places. Many college campuses celebrated First Generation Day on Wednesday, November 8th. Did CSUMB celebrate First Generation Day? Yes, they did. <laughs> but I I was a little disappointed. Um I I love to I love First Gen Day because um I also celebrate my birthday on November 8th. Uh -huh. But it's oh, also happy birthday. an honor. <laughs> Thank you. It's also an honor to be able to celebrate like other students and their journey um and mm -hmm. becoming the person in their family to attend college. So to be quite transparent with you, CSUMB does celebrate First Gen Day, but I feel like they don't celebrate it like other campuses nationwide, unfortunately. Mm. CSUMB uh, started a new tradition called Otter Thursday. So every Thursday of the semester, students are encouraged to join a staff and faculty member outside of the um, Otter Student Union, which is basically like our um, student center. And every week they have um, different clubs and services that are tabling. And so for first gen day, it ended up landing on a Wednesday, right? This mm -hmm. year. Right. So instead of celebrating it on that day, they decided to make it part of Otter Thursday, which for me, I'm like, okay, that, yeah. that makes sense, right? Okay. Right. But when I showed up the next day to the first gen celebration, they were also hosting um, veterans ceremony. And for me, you know, I, I really, you know, honor all of those who have served in our country. And but I really think that those two things shouldn't be combined together. Mm -hmm. I think that first gen day should be celebrated on November 8th. And I feel like Veterans Day should be um, celebrated on November 11th. But this year ended up being on a Saturday um, mm -hmm. and the campus ended up closing on the 10th. So mm -hmm. I understand why they did it on Otter Thursday. Um, 
but I just feel like as a campus, like we need to do better, right? Because mm -hmm. I really want to be able to, you know, and, and I think I need to spark a lot of conversation with people in like higher up, right? Mm -hmm. But 53% of CCMD students are first gen day. And when mm -hmm. I showed up, you know, all they had was like a iPad to take pictures, stickers, buttons, and free pizza, which, you know, free pizza, free food, like that's amazing. But you know, I feel like it should be like a whole week celebration where we're hosting like first gen panels with faculty members who are first gen at CSUMB, or we're doing like vision boards for first generation students. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, just to mm. keep that keep that motivation going um, mm. or even doing like collaborations with clubs, because the thing that I love about being a first gen is that you can be a first gen and you can still embrace your first gen identity along with your other identities. Certainly. You can be a first gen and you can be a veteran. You could be a first gen, you can be an undocumented student. So I, I really want to be able to spark conversation with even the president at CSUMB. Um, and, and I feel like that just needs to change. So I really want to, I still have one more year left at CCMB, but I want to be able to bring that awareness to CCMB and have something better for next year. Wonderful. Um, I hope that that happens. I hope that uh, as we, as first generation, the, the term itself and uh, the recognition of the group, a subgroup that exists within the university, it gets more acknowledgement. And hopefully, uh, like you said, the events are week long. That would be great. Um, let's talk about you, Nelsie. Can, uh, can we talk about, uh, can you talk about yourself, your family, and share some of your upbringing? Of course. So I grew up in a mixed status family, and that's actually a new term for me that I learned this past week. Um, and pretty much it just means when you have a family that is, um, you know, you have undocumented, um, like siblings or family members, and then you have like, uh, siblings that were born here or naturalized. Um, yeah, so my parents are both undocumented and my younger siblings and I are Mexican-American. Mm -hmm. uh, we really embrace the Mexican-American, right? Cause we do acknowledge that we were born here and you know, like it is a privilege to be born here. And I do recognize that. Um, my younger sibling, Miriam is 24 years old and my younger brother, Nettie is 22 years old. They're um, doing their own thing, like I said, mm -hmm. um, but you know, I'm always here for them. Mis padres son de Mexico, but they actually met here in Seaside, California. So oh, wow. in the eyes of the government, I'm technically considered the eldest sister because my older brother is in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a nurturing older sister who wants the best for my siblings. My my parents, um, you know, they were separated when I was eight years old. So my mom had to get a job after that. Mm -hmm. And seeing her, you know, take care of us go to school, take us to school, and then go work her job, and then come back, pick us up, and then just making sure that we have shelter and food. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was really able to, like, honor that for my mom. And, like, I'm not saying I... I don't I do acknowledge my dad he did you know provide child support and he did his dues and everything but like when he left like things just kind of hit the fan and mm. I just really told my mom like pick up the slack you know and just be like okay I need to do this for my kids I need to make sure they're okay they're going to school make sure take them to the doctor and and like I just have like so much love for my mom but for my dad like I did grow up with a little bit of resentment towards him but I'm mm. working on that like I'm mm -hmm. still working on um building that relationship because you know he is my dad at the end of the day and I and I do acknowledge that and I do love him I do love him mm -hmm. um and then going back to um my mom uh, my mom is super religious and very spiritual 
she's always encouraging me to go to church and to pray and to just be involved in the word of God. Um, but she, this year she's turning 50 years old and I've just oh, been seeing yeah. a different, different side of my mom. I just see her flourishing and and becoming this new person that I didn't really see growing up mm. um, my mom has been through a lot in her life uh, she lost her father after having me and in 2016 my grandmother passed away from cancer um, she and she, yeah thank you she um she doesn't have like the best relationship with her siblings um, but she's just been able to uplift herself and just enjoy the little things in life. Uh, she likes to go biking. She likes to go to events, like community events. She's like very social. Um, wow. And I just have been seeing like, you know, transform her life into, you know, just being very um, open minded about things and just, you know, living her best life. And I would definitely say that I get all my inspiration from her. Um, she's truly a gem in my eyes. And so since I transferred back to CCMB, I've called her crying so many times because oh, I, I'm like, it's just so hard, right, to be a working student, to be in college and, you know, be doing all these things. But mm -hmm. no matter what time of the day it is, like, I call her and she answers and she's like, ¿Qué pasó, mija? I'm like, mom, me siento mal. Oh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. my mom is just, yeah, my mom is just always there. Um, But, you know, she does tell me, like, you know, siempre échale ganas y todo te va a salir bien. So, yeah. and she also tells me to thank God, which I do. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. Um, Nelsie, so the next question really is kind of a reflection on what your family, how, how does your family, how would your family describe you? Yeah, so I would definitely say my family describes me as uh, someone who is ambitious. Mm -hmm. Life is full of surprises, but I always try to try my best to get back up and keep going, honestly. Um, they would also say I'm a social butterfly. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy going to all these events and getting to know people. Uh, just recently, um, last week, I went to an event, um, kind of learning more about um like undocumented students and like the things that they go through, um, mm -hmm. you know, being undocumented and even being first gen. And I was sitting next to this um, girl and I was like, hi, my name's Nelsie. What's your name? And she's like, I forgot her name. Her name's Navia, I think, or Navia. I don't remember. Uh, but turns out she's in the TRIO program. No way. Like, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Who's your peer mentor? And she's like, oh, Melanie's my peer mentor. I'm like, oh, okay. Wow. That's amazing. Like, you never know who you're going to meet Absolutely. At, at, these, uh, at these events. So um, I really try to talk to to people and just say, like, what's your major? Or how are you doing today? You know, I, I think, it, you know, it just sparks conversation. And it's really nice when people like actually want to get to know you and just hear you out, you know? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Is education something your family always prioritized? Well, my parents did prioritize me to finish high school because mm -hmm. my parents didn't finish high school. They didn't even finish middle school in mm -hmm. Mexico. Um, but they just always pushed me to to go to high school. And to be honest with you, college is not something that we really talked about. Um, I just remember like telling my mom, like, hey, mom, like, I want to go to college. And she was just like, está bien, mija, si quieres ir al colegio, pues échale ganas. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sounds yeah. good. yeah. Yeah. Um, because, because of that encouragement, um, for many uh, potential first-generation college students, the thought of going to college can seem like a whole other lifetime away. Um, was college something that you thought about? Like, even with that encouragement from your mom saying, hey, if you want to go to college, you know, just definitely put, put your effort to it. Um, if, if the thought of college did occur to you, when did that occur to you? So two questions on that. Uh, was yeah. college something you thought about? And if it did, when did it occur? 
Yeah. So I did think about college in high school, but when I was in sixth grade, I ended up attending this Camp Sula at CCMB where I got to live in the dorms for one week. I went snorkeling. We did bonfires. Mm -hmm. I was just exposed to like extracurricular activities like regarding the ocean. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is where I started developing my passion for marine biology. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I see myself as a marine biologist. I see myself in the ocean. You know, I see myself doing all these things. So that's when I knew that I was meant to become a marine biologist, but like it didn't really click to me that I needed to go to to um, college until I was in high school. And I had this realization because some of my group of friends were saying, oh, well, I need to go to college because I want to become like I want to go pursue a PhD or I want to become a doctor. I want to become all these things. Right. For me, I was like, "Okay." So I want to become a marine biologist. So what does that mean? Okay, yeah, I have to I have to get a higher education, right? Like mm-hmm. I have to do that. Um, whether that's a bachelor's or a master's. So then since I really wanted to become a marine biologist, mm-hmm. I uh my friends were like, okay, you need to go to college too, now. So you like, so you gotta decide where you're gonna you wanna go. And I was like, okay. So yeah, I had the realization I want to say like maybe junior year of high school. So that was very positive peer pressure then. Yes, I would say yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, talk to us about your early education, like elementary, middle school. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, so I attended um, an elementary school in Marina. Um, but when my mother moved in with my stepdad, um, I had to leave my friends and I ended up going to a middle school in Seaside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember being a kid that wanted to be super involved in so many things. Um, I remembered I picked up um, basketball. So I was on the basketball team, not at like the school, but like outside of the school, like with the community. Okay. Um, and I remember that my um, that my coach was a police officer. Her name's Ooh. Tina. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was it was interesting. Um, Very and interesting. Yeah. And and I didn't I wasn't the best, honestly. I What position did you play? <laughs> I they usually put me in pose just because oh, I was okay, gotcha. tall. Yeah. And they're like, OK, we're going to throw you the ball and then you just shoot it up. And I would shoot <laughs> it up and I would miss. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like so much pressure. Um, but yeah. that, that experience was amazing. Um, but something that ended up happening to me in middle school is that at the end of my seventh grade, the middle school that I was attending said, okay, we're going to turn in, we're going to transition only to like an elementary school. So you guys need to figure out where you guys want to go. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so I was Whoa. like, okay, so you guys are kicking us out. All right. And I just remember my mom like saying, well, I want you to go to Monterey. And mm. I was like, okay, Why? And she was like, ay, es que no sé, like, no, no quiero que vayas para, to, um, I think it was called Fitch at the time, or, right now it's called Seaside uh, Middle School, but I think back in the day it was called Fitch. Mm-hmm. And I just kept telling her, por qué? And she's like, no más, no, no, no más quiero que vayas a, a Monterrey. And I was like, okay, so I ended up going to this school called Walter Colton um, Middle School. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, middle school. And, um, and that's where I finished my eighth grade year, but it was kind of different because, yeah. um, you know. There were Latinos there, but I just felt like there wasn't enough diversity in my point of view, like where, you know, like this is me reflecting back. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But, you know, that school ended up being a really amazing school. Um, they really pushed me hard. And I remember that I didn't have the best grades. Mm. And my professor or my teachers kept pushing me and pushing me. And my last quarter of middle school, I ended up getting a 4.0. They're like, you see, Ooh, you can do this. Wow. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're right. I just need to work on myself and just really, you know, like stick to education and echarle ganas. Um, but it was just hard because I wanted to, like, really focus on my studies, but also play basketball and like play the violin and do all these things but like I just managed and did the best that I could mm -hmm. um so I definitely want to give a shout out to that middle school because they did pave the way for me to be successful in high school and during graduation they ended up giving me an award like a principal's award um for I think it was like for outstanding eighth grader or for some I don't remember what it was but I think they were giving awards to each like um I don't remember what areas, but I just remember it was outstanding something. That's awesome. Uh, I was like, wow, what the heck? Like out yeah. of everyone here, like I didn't even go to the school for all three years. It was just one <laughs> year. Um, but yeah, it was it was an, an amazing experience. Uh, I would say so this next question I was going to ask if you were an overachiever or did you just do enough to get by? It sounds like you're an overachiever. Um, I wouldn't call it an overachiever, honestly. <laughs> um, I want to say that I did enough to get by, uh -huh. but I think that's not true. Um, I don't really consider myself an overachiever. I just consider myself to be someone who's like very determined and motivated. I do try to educate myself. And this is something that I love about myself. If I don't know something, like I'll try to educate myself in that area. Mm -hmm. um, hence, that's why I went to that um, event to really get to know about like undocumented like statuses and becoming an ally. And, and it was just like such a great conversation. Um, so yeah, and and I also love that I seek opportunities if they align with my career goals and with my personal goals um, and just add to my to my growth as a person. Um, so I'll definitely will go for opportunities. Um, and and I definitely have I I have in the past self sabotaged, but you know, mm -hmm. like if I see mm -hmm. an opportunity, I will apply. I will get the letters of reg. I'll write the essay and then I'll just, you know, wish myself good luck. Yeah. But I, I think that I shouldn't exclude myself from opportunities. I think that I should let the other people like decide if I'm if I should be given the opportunity. Um, but yeah. Um, and I think that everything I just mentioned might be portrayed as someone who is an overachiever. But I think I'm just determined and motivated determined and motivated. I love that. Um, so I'm going to stick to this uh, question for a little bit, because for a lot of first generation students, and I think that you, you, you've touched on it a little bit, is that it's difficult to see yourself qualified for something that you definitely can do, right? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, you know, and, and that's where, you know, imposter syndrome comes in, right? Because you, you start to doubt yourself, you start to think like, oh, like I cheated to get my way here. Like I cheated mm -hmm. my way to to get into this program or to mm -hmm. get the scholarship. Like, and, and, you know, you have to go back to the fact that like you are, you know, the first in your family to like navigate college and you are doing this for yourself and for your family. And you need to give yourself credit. Something that I really have a hard time doing is giving myself credit for mm -hmm. everything I've done. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I just want to reiterate that to college students, like, you graduated high school, like you applied, like, you know, maybe your parents didn't know how to help you, but like you, you know, sought the work or you, you really found someone to help you and apply to like these scholarships to all of these, um, all of these things. And, you know, just really embrace that and embrace your journey. Like, like I mentioned, going back to what I said, like, you know, your, your path is not a linear one, you know, 
you're going to experience hardships, unfortunately, like, you know, you're going to experience losing someone um, like a close one. You know, I, I ended up losing my stepdad um, a couple of weeks before my MPC graduation. And, and mm. it was like so hard. And, and mm. I had to pick myself up and I had to go to all of these events. Right. Because I was a part of Trio, EOPS. And um, I also got like my stole for being a Latina. So my stepdad had just passed away, but I still had to like honor myself and go to all these awards and put a smile on my face because I did deserve them, but I was still hurting inside, you know, Absolutely. and um, being able to like walk and transfer to CSUMB, but going back, like being able to graduate from NPC after five years, like mm -hmm. I did that, you know, you got to own, you got to own what you're doing. And, and if, you know, you wanted to go to a CCU or a UC, then, you know, like go embrace that journey and, and go find yourself in that journey. Absolutely. Wonderfully said. Um, how did your family prepare you for the next stage of your of your education, uh, be going right into high school? How did they prepare you for that? Well, um, I feel like Mexican moms, you know, they start to tell you things like, hey, oh, mija, yeah. tienes, tienes que cuidarte, tienes que hacer estas cosas, you know, you're going to be exposed to so many things, you know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. you're going to be exposed to drugs, you know, um, you're going to be exposed to like, um, you know, unfortunately, I know it's things that happen in high school, but, um, but my mom was just trying to prepare me for all that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she did tell me like, high school is a place where you're going to find your long term friends, like, Mm. It, if out of all your friends you have one who sticks to your side for the for your whole life that like that is gonna happen for you so you know enough said with my mom I ended up finding that friend and um her name is Jolene Luna Jimenez and we actually started our CCMB journey together in 2015 like first time freshman fresh mm -hmm. out of high school we moved into the dorms and we did all these things together and then you know unfortunately I got academically disqualified but she kept going you know she kept going and she ended up getting her BS in molecular biology mm -hmm. and right now she currently works for uh, Monterey County and she just passed her exam a couple of weeks ago to become a microbiologist That's so awesome. she's, gonna be, she's gonna be making bangs so I'm so proud of her so huge shout out to her for all her accomplishments but I'm also bringing um, bringing her up because she's one of those friends that did graduate, you know, that got her degree, that is working her her um, career goal. But like she just always reminds me, like, Nelsie, it's OK. Like everyone has different journeys. Like everything that happened to you was meant to happen to you, even though you, right now you're still pursuing your bachelor's and you're 26 years old. Like everyone has their different journeys. So. I know I graduated within four years, um, but like, you know, everyone just has their different journey. So I want you to embrace your journey and I'm here for you to support you every step of the way. And, you know, shout out to her for being that amazing friend to me. That's wonderful. So high school can be a very intimidating experience, especially uh, if you feel underprepared or if you feel like you're not uh, all that well versed in the organizations that exist. Right. Um, did you receive any support while in high school? Absolutely. I sure did. And this kind of ties back to um, Colton and why I have like such a special place for my middle school, because I remember telling someone that I really want to become a marine biologist and they're like, you need to apply to the Mayos program at Monterey High School. And so I applied to the Monterey Academy of Oceanographic Science, which is also known as like the Mayos program. And this is a very competitive program. It's a college um 
preparatory, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but um, um, a program that's like designed to increase um, academic success and provide hands-on experience in the STEM field. So I remember telling this, I think it was this um, lady that worked in the office. It wasn't even one of my teachers. I just, I don't know why I like, I, I started to talk to her a lot. And she's like, no, so you need to apply to the Mayos program. And she's like, you need to write essays. You need to get two letters of recommendation. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to do that? I've only been here for one year. Mm-hmm. But she pushed me and she ended up writing one of my letters of rec. And I applied, but I got rejected. Oh, oh no. I got re- no, wait, wait, it gets better. I okay. got rejected. And so I remember crying and I told my mom, mom, like, no me aceptado. And she's like, mija, está bien. Like, you know, everything happens for a reason. You can probably get into another program. So then three weeks later, I received a notification or I, I received a um, uh, something in the mail that said, congratulations, you were accepted to the Mayans program. And I was like, okay, so maybe like some military family left and, you know, their child couldn't attend, whatever it is, but I got in. That's okay. all that matters. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was able to get in and, um, you know, this this STEM program is really, really competitive because mm-hmm. it really prepares you for college. Um, so what I mean by what they prepare you for college is that they make you take two math. I don't know if it's changed, but when I was a student there, I had to take two math classes my freshman year. So I was taking geometry and algebra two along with honors English. Mm-hmm. And I remember like telling myself, what did I get myself into? Like, why are we doing all these things? <laughs> I'm supposed to be taking one math class, not two classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they really pushed me. And um, what I really liked about the program is that we were able to do a lot of field trips, you know, that were during school hours, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we ended up going to, um, the Monterey Bay Aquarium, but we got like, we went to behind the scenes, right? So we got to see like how everything is laid out behind the scenes. Um, we got to see like this really big tank, um, that at at the time I think they had a, they had a shark. Um, but yeah, it was just like amazing. And then also we were able to go to the Hopkins Marine Station, which is, um, the Marine Laboratory, um, of Stanford University. So we were able to Ooh. get in there and, you know, get a tour and meet some of the people that were doing their, um, master's programs at, um, Stanford University. Um, but one thing that I really liked about the program is that during your senior year, you had to take on an internship, but it was up to you. Like you had to go find an internship oh, either wow. or, or uh, science related. Mm-hmm. And I ended up finding my internship on the wharf, um, and it was called the Monterey Bay Sailing. So I learned a little bit about how to sell a boat and how to like pitch to customers and say, hey, would you like to go on a, on a ride with us? It's 60 per hour and all these things. Like I was just learning so many things at once. But you know what? I, at that internship, I learned that I that I that I get seasick. Oh, no. <laughs> Were you like, I, oh, man, that don't feel so good. I just remember that I went on a, on a cruise with them uh-huh. and um, I ended up throwing up in the bathroom. Oh, and, no. And the captain was like, now, see, you need to clean that up. And I was like, yes, sir. Like, I will clean it up. Don't worry. But like, that's where I found out that I, I get seasick. So I was like, maybe. Uh-oh. Should I be a marine biologist, or maybe I just need to have some ginger candy or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but going back to that internship, um, we had to present like our agency. Um, we ended up presenting our agency at the museum of museum of Monterey, and like there was parents there, like fac or um, teachers from Monterey High School, and they were just all there to like really guide us. Mm-hmm. Um, but. One thing I want to say is that I wasn't a straight A student. I I wasn't. Um, 
But the the teachers there, I want to say professors, but I'm like, no, there were teachers right now. And we're talking about high school. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a specific professor or teacher called or named um, Ron Woods. And um, he was my English teacher at the time. And he's actually right now the math director of the program. But he made such a positive impact in my life. Like mm-hmm. he made he had a way of making you feel like you can accomplish anything in your life. Like wow. he just, he had like just the way that he would talk to you. He's like, now see, you are going to go places, even though you're not turning in your essay right now, you are going to go in places. <laughs> you are going to do the things that you want to do. Um, and, you know, with that being said, he was too accommodating to my needs, honestly. Um, but mm-hmm. I do owe him a big thank you um, to him for always being there for me. Mm-hmm. And another person I do want to shout out is um, on the podcast is Miss Patty Deal. She was our Mayos counselor at the time. And boy, did she see something in me that I didn't really see in myself. She was, she always told me, no, see, like, you're going to graduate. You're going to go to college. You're going to do all these things. And I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. But she was just like always <laughs> persistent and she would always like push me. And, um, and yeah, so Ron Woods and Miss Patty Deal, you know, really contributed to my upbringing in high school. Right on. That's awesome. Um, did you become more involved in high school? Like, did you uh, participate in like student uh, council, other activities outside of the ones that you were involved with? Um, no, I wasn't involved in like clubs or anything. I remember I wanted to be a part of the leadership class because that's where you like planned events and, um, you know, you you really got to go behind the scenes as a student and like plan all these events for the schools and for like the pep rallies and all these things. But mm-hmm. um, but I was like, you know what? I have a lot on my plate. So the way that I got involved was playing sports. So along with playing um, the violin, I was also a part of the basketball team. And I remember awesome. my freshman year, um, they put me on varsity just because I was tall. And I was like, you guys can't do that to me. Like, you know. <laughs> Just because I'm tall doesn't mean I'm supposed to be playing on varsity. Um, but I also was a part of the swim team. I um, also played field hockey. And that's where I was able to embrace my competitive side. because I field was hockey. Yeah, I was a defensive player. And I just remember going after the ball and just wanting to knock everyone out. But <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's true. Like, I was I, I was a, a little aggressive. But um, I really embraced that, like, side of myself. And that, that was where I was able to be myself and, like, you know, really, really just have fun. <laughs> um, but besides that, um, I wasn't able to play basketball for one year or my senior year because mm. um, I tore my ACL. Oh, ouch. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually tore my ACL in um, my sophomore year on the first game of the season with oh, my no. brand new shoes. <laughs> mm. oh. So um, I was out and um, that was really sad. And then junior year, I tried to play, but like my knee just wasn't the same. And I did, I needed surgery, but I was like, I'm not getting surgery. Like I'll get it later in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I did, I did get my surgery. If that's if, if those of you want to know, I, I ended up getting my surgery in 2019 and now we're all good. We're all good now. Good, good, good. Um, yeah. And then um one thing I do want to mention, though, is that I actually started working in high school. Oh, you my got a job. Sophomore, yeah. My sophomore year, I was working weekends at my friend's restaurant, and um, I was a buster. And I would only work, like, three to four hours um, Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. But, like, along with being in school, playing sports, playing the violin, I also had a job. And I don't know how I did that. Like, I was going to say, I, how did you exist? I don't know, honestly. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, that's where I really embrace my busy bee like 
um, identity, I guess you can say. But yeah, I just remember having so much energy and I'm like, I need to work and I need to do this and I need to do that. Um, so, you know, kudos to me for getting a job, but I've been working Absolutely. ever since. So I, I got my first job at 16 and now I'm 26 and I'm still working and doing the things that I need to do. So shout out to myself for, you know, finding a job at that age. Absolutely. Shout out to you and all the, all the snaps that you were because <laughs> you. Geez, you kept really busy. Uh, how did the topic of college come up with your family? Because you must've been at this point thinking, I'm going to go to college. I got to do something with, with a degree, right? Um, did you have someone in high school that was able to guide you through the process or did you bring it up to your family and you said, we're going to figure it out together? Yeah. How did that go? Okay. Well, I actually initiated the conversation with my mom, right? Cause mm -hmm. I did tell her like, I want to go to college and she's like, okay, me was, if you want to go to college, like go to college. But I still remember that I was educating her and I was like, okay, mom, you know, like after high school, you can go to a community college, you can go to a CSU, you can go to a UC. And I had to translate all of that in Spanish. I don't even know how I did that, but That's she true. did understand like what I was saying. And, um, and I kind of tried to tell her that I really wanted to go to a CSU. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, Pero donde vas a ir? I'm like, don't worry, mom. Like, I actually am thinking of a close one nearby. So I'm not going to be too far away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, the Mayos program was able to to guide me through that whole process of applying um, for college. But I also remember like seeking more help as a high school mm -hmm. student. Mm -hmm. um, so I was introduced to the Strive for College program. And um, I remember that in this program, I was given a mentor. Mm -hmm. And my mentor, her name was Summer. And she actually was a student at CCMB. Oh, and oh, um, really? she literally grabbed my hand and walked me through the whole process like she's like okay now you're gonna do this now you're gonna do this and we didn't do this in like a full day it took sessions mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um it took sessions but she really like helped me out and and she made like such a huge impact on my life she's like okay now see we're gonna apply for the waiver to see if you qualify to see if you don't have to pay the 70 dollars mm -hmm. and i ended up qualifying and she's like congratulations i'll see okay now what four like colleges do you want to go to and i ended up choosing some of them but um but yeah i'm really grateful for that program i'm not sure if that program still exists at monterey high school mm -hmm. but they definitely did um help me and guide me through the whole process that's amazing um, so earlier you were saying, um, uh, that you, you were able to get a list of class of, sorry, not classes, but colleges together. Uh, yes. and usually in high school, we're encouraged either through the counselor or through, if you were a part of a trio or bound program, like I was, they tell you, okay, now is a good time to start picking the colleges that you really want to apply for. Um, did you have a college list and what school, what schools did you have in mind? Well, honestly, I did have a college list, but I wanted to be realistic with myself. And I'm like, okay, you're not going to go that far now, see? Like, oh, it's, it's, it's self disqualification. Yeah. Yes, I know, right? Like, me disqualif disqualifying myself. But I, I meant in the sense that, like, you know that you're not going to leave your family. So, like, oh, I see what the, you're saying. Yeah, you consider the, <laughs> the classes or the uh, colleges that are near you, right? Because yeah. you, you know, and I have some of my, yes, I have some of my peers that were like, I'm going to, to Boston, I'm going to Utah, I'm going to Hawaii. And I'm like, um, I want to do that. But I, I, I can't like, I really can't leave my parents, like my mom and my, my siblings, and my dad. So, um, so yeah, the program, like my mentor, she encouraged me to choose four. So I chose CCMB, San Jose State, CCU Fresno and Sacramento. So I ended mm -hmm. up applying to all of those. And um. I got rejected by two of them, but I got accepted to CSUMB and Sac State. Mm, awesome. Right on. Yeah. Uh, so because of that, uh, 
did, did you already have like a particular leaning? Like, did you have a college that was like, well, this is kind of more of my number one choice or was it, were other college where you really just like any college will take me, let, let it be. No, I, I was like CCMB. Oh, CSUMB. Yeah, I feel, I feel that. Yeah, because I was like, you know what? I can't I can't go that far. My siblings are still young. Like I really want to be there for them. And um, but I did live in the dorms. Like I was like, okay, I'm 17 years old. My mom's not gonna let me go to parties. Like I need to live in the dorms and embrace that like dorm life. So Absolutely. um so I ended up doing that at CCMB, but um I just wanted to be really realistic with myself. And I and I was. I was like, okay, CCMB it is, even though it was like 10 minutes away from yeah. my health. <laughs> So talk to us about your preparation. What successes and challenges did you find while you were preparing for college? Well, to be honest, I was scared to attend college because, you know, a lot of students, you know, they were like, oh, we are the first in our family to go to college. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's kind of scary. So, like, if I have any questions about the FAFSA or about anything else or about the services, like, I can't ask my parents because, you know, they didn't even graduate high school. Um so for me, I, I did start like doubting myself. And that was like during senior year where I was like, okay, do I really see myself in college? Like, is this something that is realistic? Mm-hmm. Um, and then going back to, you know, the word imposter syndrome, I was, I started feeling that, you know, in high school. Um, and I honestly didn't feel like I would make it just because I was going to be the first in my family to like get a bachelor's degree. And I just didn't feel like I would do it. Um, and then, you know, obviously like doubting yourself and everything, um but I just remember like feeling an immense amount of pressure like oh my gosh I'm technically like the oldest like eldest daughter here in the U.S. right because my brother's in Mexico but like I started feeling like so much pressure on my shoulders and then my mom was like oh okay mija like you know what are you gonna do like and I'm like yeah see see way I said it so but I just I remember not telling my mom anything I just kind of kept it to myself and I was like I don't want her to worry I don't want her to to think anything and I just remembered like dealing with that on my own. And I wish that I would have like talked to to um, some of my, uh, I guess I did talk to some of my peers, you know, some of my friends, but I feel like I, I wish I would have talked to, to teachers mm-hmm. like, in high school and tell them like how I felt. Cause I feel like I just kind of wanted to hide that, right? Like just hide it and say like, no, I'm good. Like I am going to graduate college. I am going to do that. But I just feel like it would have been nice to get words of wisdom from teachers at you know, at the high school level. Um, but yeah, those are some of the challenges that I encountered during my preparation for college. Um, but, you know, going back to your successes, um, I was admitted to two colleges. So, you know, that was a success to, to celebrate. Absolutely. Describe the moment you graduated from high school. What was that moment like for you and for your family? Oh, that moment was amazing. Because mm-hmm. I just remember feeling that I was like the first to get a um, a high school degree or a high school diploma, right? And I just remember feeling like the sensation of like, wow, I'm breaking cycles right now. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm setting that stone for like the future generation in our family to like be able to like graduate from high school and then go to college if that's something that they want to do. I remember feeling so proud of myself, you know, both of my parents um, attended my high school graduation. And I just remember being so emotional. And when they called my name, I just felt like chills come down my arms. Like, you know, yeah. they're like, no, see Lenny Montes Romero. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. Like, it's been highs and lows, like, throughout my whole high school journey. But, like, I did it. 
And I just remember my heart was pounding so loudly and I felt like it was going to jump out of my chest. And, you mm. know, when I walked down the aisle, I just remember I was searching for my parents and I, and I couldn't find them, but I was just like blowing kisses. And I was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and I, and I still remember that, like it was yesterday, you know, and my parents were, um, you know, super proud of me and even my sister and my, and my, um, my brother as well. That's wonderful. So spoiler alert, you decided to attend California State University, Monterey Bay. And really, I know you, you, you said this a million times, but tell us, why did you choose this school? Okay, so I have two answers for you, because I chose this school my first time around, like fresh out of high school. And then I chose it again after getting disqualified. Right. So mm -hmm. Let me answer. Let me answer. The, um, yes, please. Give you two answers. So the first time around, I chose UCMB mainly because it was 15 away, 15 minutes away from my home. And I didn't really see myself being too far from, from my house. Um, but I also wanted to live in the dorm. So I felt like I would be able to get the opportunity and then still be able to check in with my mom and my siblings and just live that college experience to the fullest. And also, it was way more affordable than other universities. I think it's actually the most affordable mm. as we speak. Um mm. I need, you know, I need to do my investigation on that. But from from what I remember, it was one of the lowest, you know, um, lowest tuition schools at the at the time. Um, so there's my answer to that one. I didn't really look into like the college support programs or anything. I was just like, okay, like this school just makes sense. Everything aligns. I'm gonna go for it. Mm -hmm. And um, as a transfer student, you know, I had the I had the opportunity to to not come back. I had the opportunity Certainly. to go, you know, San Jose State or even go to a different university. But absolutely. I I did choose UCMB once again and mm -hmm. and I I actually did my research right and I was like, okay, what services do they have? Okay, they have camp for migrant families. They or uh, migrant families and their students. They have the EOP program, they have the TRIO program. So they have the TRIO SSS program and then they have the TRIO STEM um, health sciences program, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a STEM major, you get placed into that program. But overall, it's one program. They just separate you based on your major. Um, and then they also have the UndocU Success Center. Um, and I was like, okay, like, I want to I wanna be able to, um, you know, find the support that I need as a transfer student, right? Because even as a transfer student, when you're transferring to, to another university, you still need to find your sense of belongingness. You found that in, in at your CC, like, you know, maybe you were a part of clubs, you were president of a club, or you were just really involved. But then, like, how do you take that and then, you know, incorporate it in your CSU or UC journey, right? Um, so for me, it was really important to, like, know that I could apply to TRIO and to EOP and just establish a support system um, for myself, especially being, like, a first-generation Latina. And... Um, Something that makes CCMB really unique compared to a lot of, um, you know, universities is that they have the Undergraduate Research Opportunities Center um, known as UROC. And I know that that is not offered at every university. And they also have a lot of um, other services. Like if you want to study abroad, you can study abroad and you can go for a whole academic year or a whole semester or during the winter break or summer. Um, so, you know, I just knew that I wanted to do all of these things like during my my um, my journey as a transfer student. Mm -hmm. So that's all of that said, that's why I chose CSUMB. Wonderful. Um, so what is your current major? And did you have another major before your current one? Um, well, as a transfer student, I've stuck to collaborative health and human services. 
Um, I did have a different major at the community college, right? Because I was a marine, I was pursuing the marine science, and then I um I decided to change it to psychology because I just mm -hmm. felt like psychology aligned more with my goals. Because I see myself as an academic advisor, um, a college counselor, you know, working in education. So that just made sense. And I remember um, a couple of weeks before coming to CSUMB, I um, I had a meeting with someone named Victor Gonzalez. And he started telling me about the Collaborative Health and Human Services program, right? And he's like, what are your goals? What do you want to do? I said, oh, I want to become an academic advisor. I want to do all these things. I want to be in education. I want to support students um, and help them through their college journey. And he's mm -hmm. like, you need to be in the Collaborative Health and Human Services major, not in psychology. Mm -hmm. I was like, um, are you sure? He's like, yeah, like, you know, maybe, maybe you don't want to become a social worker, but having all those skills that social workers have will benefit you in the long run to be an academic advisor, to be able to hear people out, to be able to direct them to services. All of that aligns with everything you're telling me, Nelsie, so you need to choose that major. And I was like, let me look into it more. So I looked into it more and um, I ended up changing my major like one week before school started. And luckily like everything went through. So then I was able to start my upper division courses. Um, but the thing that I really love about my major is that you can choose a concentration. So there's three concentrations. There's social work, there's public health, and the other one is like nonprofit management. I can never pronounce that one, but it's like, yeah, I don't even, I don't, I don't even remember what the name is. Um, so sorry to um, the people in my major that I can't remember that concentration. <laughs> and then the fourth one is an interdisciplinary one where um, if you want to choose two. So I have a friend, her name's Megan Kuba. She's really into public health and social work. So she's like, I'm doing the interdisciplinary one because I want to do both of those, right? Mm -hmm. So I chose a social work concentration. Um, and the thing that I really love about my major is that it also comes with an internship, right? So I mentioned this in the beginning. I'm, I'm doing an internship. The thing that stands C, the CHHS major out from all the other majors is that you do an internship for three semesters. Mm. Wow. <laughs> so you're really building stability, right? Like mm. you're really working for an agency, Um within your interests. So if you want to work with foster youth, if you want to work um, with students or not students, with people that are um, struggling with addictions or like substance abuse, you can do all of that. Even if you want to work for um, for a high school, if you want to go behind the scenes and like see how a counselor actually works, which is the one that I wanted to choose. I wanted to choose the one in Greenfield for um, their high school, mm -hmm. but I already felt like I knew that I wanted to do that. So I kind of like stepped out of my comfort zone again, right? And mm -hmm. I went for for a population that I really know nothing about, and that's foster youth. So with my agency, I'm learning about, um, you know, some of the struggles that foster youth are going through, um, being in the system and everything, and then um, helping them find services and also helping them um, with housing navigation. So Santa mm -hmm. Cruz County has a voucher specifically for foster youth. Um, and they and part of the program that I work for is that they help you. They guide you. Right. They take your hand and they guide you through every step to find um, a unit to work with the landlord to submit your voucher and do all those things. So it's been really amazing to be part of that and be able to work with the population that I never really saw myself working for. But I'm really grateful for the experience. Um, but yeah. And then also I do have an education and minor. I mean, I have a minor in education. I said that backwards. Um, I have a minor in education. And um, one of the reasons why I chose that is because, you know, like I said, I do see myself in education. So I really wanted to like look into education and see like what actually happens. Like where, where are we getting all this money from? Like mm -hmm. where's all this money mm -hmm. 
money coming from? You know, how are, how are um, public schools like, you know, how, are, how is everything like embedded, like with the curriculum and how much money are they getting? Because, you know, they get money for socially disadvantaged uh, students and like all these things. And they're given a percentage of like the state taxes and um, uh, property taxes. So it's been really nice to like really know about like where all that money is coming from. Um, and like I said, I see myself in education. So it just makes sense to get a minor in that. Absolutely. How did you learn about the Trio Student Support Services Program at CSUMB? Yeah, um, I learned about it. Well, my first time around, I was actually in the TRIO program my first time around. Mm -hmm. um, so I did have that support there. And I think I learned about them through orientation, I want to say, where they mm -hmm. were tabling. Um, But I, um, you know, went to NPC and I was a part of the TRIO success program there. Um, so I already knew that CCMB had the trio success program, right? So I just really wanted to, to be in the program and, and be able to have that like support system and, and have people that I could talk to and build a community for myself in that program. Um, uh, so that's kind of how I learned about the program. I already kind of knew about it as a transfer student. Um, but I didn't really, um, take advantage of all the resources when I was a fresh, first time freshman, okay. um, unfortunately, but now I am taking advantage of all of those things. What have you enjoyed the most about Trio SSS? I, I guess I can answer this in many ways, but let me try to frame what I want to say. What I've really enjoyed is being a student worker for Trio SSS and being a student. So really seeing behind the scenes and seeing mm, how yeah, hard the Trio yeah, yeah. SSS team works their butt off, right, to host events. Because when you um, want to host an event, you know, you need a contact um, the department where you want to host your event, you need to reserve the room, you need to do this, you need to do X, Y, and Z, right? And then part of that also is like learning about like the funding and everything. Like for me, like I kind of do see myself in TRIO, like being a, an advisor or even a director, like some in, in the future. But um, I just really want to know more about the program. So that's why I really enjoy um, being a student and a student worker, right? So seeing behind the scenes. And it just makes me appreciate the program more, right? Mm -hmm. um, I just have really enjoyed being a part of this amazing program. I feel so supported uh, in the program that I'm at right now with um, Alex, with Jessica, Nazan, Kirsty, And Kirsty is the associate director of Trio SSS. She was actually still there my first time around as a freshman. Uh -huh. So when I came back and I reapplied and she did my um, she did my interview, she's like, oh my gosh, like, I, is that really you? Like, how have you been? How are you doing? And so she really knows my story, right? Like getting mm -hmm. disqualified, going to MPC. And I remember she told me, I saw you on the MPC Trio SSS Instagram. Like, I saw that you were a peer mentor there too. And I was like, yeah, I was. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Like, I'm so happy to have you in this program. Like, I really hope you become a peer mentor for us. And and um, and yeah, I just, I just really love, I have so much love for that program. Wonderful. So you also serve as a peer mentor currently. Talk to us about that experience. What What is that like for you? And you can also include the uh, previous experience as well, if you'd like. Yeah. So, um, you know, going back to what I was saying, I became a peer mentor for the MPC Trio SSS program. I ended up being a mentor for three years. Mm -hmm. um, and I stayed there for that long because of COVID and I was taking online classes and like, yeah, yeah. I'm not an online class person. I'm a very visual person, like in person wanting to learn everything. So it kind of delayed my graduation a little bit. 
Um, but I was able to like find that true calling that I really wanted to work with students. And, and um, you know, I was able to do that for three years. And even my, my first year in the program, Kirsty reached out to me and she was like, hey, Nelsie, like, I know you're probably going through a lot right now with being a transfer student coming back to CCMB, but do you think you would like to be a peer mentor this year? Like, do you want to apply? And I had to be really true to myself, right? And I was like, I do want to be a peer mentor for like CCMB, but I think I need to prioritize myself right now. Like it's, I have a lot on my plate right now, right? I'm coming back after I was disqualified. I need to work my GPA, you know, raise my GPA up, right? Because my Definitely. grades that I had, that I got eight years ago are still affecting me right now. I have six Fs from mm. the first time around and it's like really weighing down on my GPA. So I'm not even at a 3.0 right now, right? I'm at a 2.99. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like almost there, right? But I had to be true to myself and say, okay, now see like, just really embrace your first year and then next year you can become a peer mentor. So now here we are, like I'm a peer mentor for the STEM health sciences program, even though I'm, an, I'm not a STEM major. Um, but, you know, it's been really amazing to to build community for students, to be that support system for students and to connect those students to resources and to remind them that they belong in college. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my uh, part of some of the things that I need to do as a peer mentor is that I need to send weekly emails. So at the end of my email, um, I always have like a, a message for my students where I tell them, dear mentee, and I give them, you know, either I talk about setting boundaries or like being true to yourself, celebrating your your accomplishments. Um, I just always make sure that I share my words of wisdom with my students. And even when I'm having like meetings with students, um, if they start doubting themselves, like I'm like, hey, snap out of it. Like mm-hmm. you're here for a reason. You belong yeah. here. And I know that it took me so long to realize that I do belong in college. You know, it took like X amount of years, right? But here I am like, you know, really representing. I I feel like I do represent TRIO SSS, right? Because even when I'm tabling, like I can feel the adrenaline. Like I can feel that I just really love this program. And I even try to get students connected to TRIO SSS. Um, I've gotten a couple of, like a couple of my friends, um, they applied for the program and they were admitted, you know? Right, yeah. Um, so I, you know, if I see students are struggling and, and I feel like they, they come to me and they're like, hey, like, I'm not, I, I just feel like I'm not doing this good or I, I feel like I don't belong here. Like I try to, you know, be there for students, but I encourage them to seek resources and even seek TRIO SSS, right? Um, I just feel like I, I really want to um, be able to help students overall. And I feel like that's part of my journey at CCMB. And that's why I have an IG. That's why I'm creating the, the uh, that's why I created the YouTube channel is because I think that every student belongs in college, you know, and, and unfortunately we all have hardships. We all go through things, but at the end of the day, like you're not going through those things alone. There's mm-hmm. other students out there that are going through all those things. And what a powerful thing to have, right. To be able to like help those students and, and find, and find and, and help them find like their worth, right? That they do belong here. So it's been an amazing journey. And, and I even consider being a peer mentor next year for my last year at CSUMB. So I really want to leave my mark and, and help as many students as they can. That's great. Uh, what is your goal after graduation? <sighs> well, one of my goals is, well, actually, that's not a goal. I feel like that's, I'm not going to do that. It's to take a break. Take a break. Absolutely. you got to. Um, you know, I've been doing this nonstop, right? Since, since 2017, going to MPC, coming back, like, it's just been a lot, like a nonstop thing. And, 
And I really like wanted to take care of myself and actually do take a break. But I feel like knowing myself as, you know, an overachiever, I feel like I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I feel like I am, um, I am going to go into my um, master's program. So I'm considering the master's of social work program here at CCMB. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been able to, you know, like seek a lot of um, support in that. And, you know, TRIO actually helps you with your graduation, um, your grad applications, by the way, for those of you who don't know, um, they actually do help you and they provide workshops and all of that stuff. Um, so that's like my main goal to to um, to go straight into my MSW. But I also if I do give myself a break, um, I do see myself um, working for like community college or um, UC Santa Cruz or some somewhere in that line. I feel like I have enough experience under my belt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've done so many things like besides being a peer mentor, I also was a community mentor for Marina High School students. Mm-hmm. So I would meet with them and and facilitate conversation about college and share my college journey with all of them. And that was like, I, I volunteered to do that. Like I, I wasn't paid or anything. I feel like it was just something that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like with all of those things, like, I feel like it'll look really good and I'll be able to get a job hopefully in that field. But yeah, those are some of the goals that I have. We'll see which one I go after. Well, I'm hoping and pulling for you. Hopefully that all comes to fruition. Do you find yourself also being involved, uh, you know, now that you've been involved with TRIO SSS, did you also become very involved in college? Yes, especially at CCMB. Um, oh my gosh, I, I think I'm too involved at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stressed in? Yeah, so, you know, besides TRIO SSS, I've also um, have been seeking services and and kind of bringing that awareness to the first gen identity, right? Um, going back to what I was saying, I feel like there's not enough um, support out there for first gen at CCMB. So I've been able to facilitate conversation with El Centro, which is a Latinx space for students on campus, which just opened this semester, by the way, um, mm. on September 15th. So kudos to them for, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Like doing all the hard work to open that space for us. But I've been facilitating conversation with them about like doing workshops for first gen and, and, um, you know, potentially, you know, helping them or like, you know, um, conducting workshops or things like that. Um, but besides that, I was thinking of starting a club. <laughs> a club, Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of starting a club. I'm not sure if I'm and if I am going to go through with it, but it would be called first gen otters. Um, and I feel like it would be, you know, for first gen students, but also students who mirror, um, you know, experiences like first gen, right? Like mm-hmm. I want it to be an opening environment to everyone, even first gen advocates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my friend that I mentioned, Megan Kuba, she's a third generation student in college, but boy, how she's, she's been through a lot. You know, she ha- she's raising two girls. Um, she's in college. She's she's trying to do all these things. And she just has so many, like, we have so many similar experiences, um, so I definitely do see myself doing that, but I just need more support from students because I can't do it myself, right? Because it would be like, you know, you need a president, you need all these things, you need a table at, at events, at open house, and Absolutely. it's just a lot of work, right? Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I think I'll still think on that. Um, but other things that I'm doing is I'm thinking about getting involved with research. Um, I found a potential mentor. His name's um, Dr. Uh, Navarro, Ignacio Navarro, and he's currently the um, chair for our department. Um, and he's really amazing. I've had a, com- a couple of conversations with him and he just seems like he would be an amazing mentor. Um, so I do see myself 
potentially conducting research with him as my mentor, um, it would be a part of the correct scholars program. Um, so I definitely see myself doing that. But if I do that, I don't know if I would be able to do the first gen club. I would mm -hmm. have to choose mm -hmm. one. Yeah. So definitely um, balancing both out. Yeah, I have to I have to choose one. I can do both. And then another thing is um, studying abroad. I'm thinking about studying abroad. Ooh, where? <laughs> um, next summer in Germany. Germany. Wow. Yeah. So it would be a full month long. Uh, I would be out there um, learning German, you know, obviously at the beginners, there's like beginners, intermediate and advanced. I would obviously be beginners. Um, but then one of the reasons why I really want to do that is because I want to, I want to embrace like another culture. Like I want to, I want to like, you know, be in a different culture in a different country and, and just like, you know, be able to, to exchange like words of wisdom and to be able to, you know, even talk about my Hispanic heritage with like some of the people out there, you know, um, I think it's something that is a once in a lifetime opportunity and I cannot let that go before I graduate mm -hmm. CCMB. Um, so yeah, I guess all the, me doing all those things, I think it is like being too involved in college. No, but I, I, do, I do love that level of involvement. That's, that sounds great. Um, yeah. what advice do you have for trio students listening to this podcast? So whether they're pre-college or currently in college? Yeah. Um, some advice I have for those students would be, you know, um, to step out of your comfort zone, embrace your journey and know that you're not alone in your journey and find those people that are going to be your support system, whether that's a teacher in high school who's gonna support you or whether that is your parents, you know? Some parents like don't really know about the college system, but they're just so supportive. Like mm -hmm, they're like, mm -hmm. I'll take you to this event. I'll go with you, I'll do these things, you know? Whether that's your parent, whether, you know, your parent is really involved, like find that support system, build that community, build those connections and like, you know, and also be true to yourself. And and also give yourself credit for how far you have came, right? You know, it's it's about acknowledging everything that you've done in your life. And even when you experience a hardship, pick yourself up. Pick yourself up and keep going. Absolutely. Wonderful words of advice. If you had all the trio professionals from all over the country and U.S. territories in one room, Ooh. what would you say to them? Mm. Well, I would say that they're doing amazing. But that they need to, they need to, well, I know a lot of TRIO staff are working hard. But, for example, the TRIO SSS program that I'm a part of, I don't know if it's just this program, and maybe you can correct me, but they're able to take undocumented students now. I, th I know for certain programs, they're not able to because of federal funds. But some yeah. universities, like Colorado State University, we used to be able to serve undocumented students because that slush fund money came from the university itself. So it said, Trio SSS, you're going to serve undocumented students. Don't mm -hmm. use your federal money. Here's some university money we're giving you to support that initiative. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. But I mean, I would say like, try to try to support all, all groups of, of students, right? Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of students that have different identities. Um, a lot of them, you know, foster youth, veterans, all these things. Um, so, you know, look at your caseload and, and see like, which students, which students need more support and promote events like around those things and like, you know, build connections with those students. And something that I really like to, I want to reiterate is that if you're experiencing something that a student is going through, like share your experience and share how you got out of that experience, because I think it's like valuable information for the students to have, because they, you know, although they know that they're not alone, like 
if if the words of wisdom or or like sharing your experience is coming from a trail faculty member or from like a professional staff, I feel like it just makes a bigger impact in their life. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know like this per- this uh, faculty member went through that. Like, yeah. wow, I feel so motivated. So yeah, those would be my words of advice. Wonderful, thank you. And also know that there is currently uh, it's it's a, it's a mini movement, but there is a movement to have trio programs because public schools serve undocumented students. They, they, they mm-hmm. have them in the public schools and they serve, they, they educate them. Right. And yeah. there's a mini movement inside trio to try to get trio to do the same. And so yeah. I'm not giving up on that either. And I want, I want that. I, I love that you named it. Uh, first of all, that uh, we need to serve undocumented students, especially under the trio program. That would be great. So yeah. absolutely. I'm behind you on that effort. Thank you. Uh, what is one word you would use to describe yourself? Inspiring. Inspiring. Yeah, I I'm I don't know how I do all these things, right? Like just talking about everything I've done so far. Like I am truly inspiring, and I want to use that for myself. Like you know, and I also did ask my friend. I was like, "What's one word?" Because I was already thinking about the word, and she's like, "Inspiring." And I was like, "Okay, it's meant to oh. be inspiring." <laughs> so that will be the the title of your podcast episode when we release. Oh, okay. <laughs> So what are some books, podcasts, movies, TV shows, or general entertainment that captures your attention at the moment? Yeah, well, I'm really into educational podcasts. So I, I have been listening to some of the episodes on this podcast um, when I'm when I'm driving to work um, or when I'm driving to school. You know, it's just nice to um, picture yourself in someone else's like life mm-hmm. and how they navigated through their hardships and stuff. I think it's just so inspirational. Um, so, you know, again, shout out to you and your team for doing this. Thank you. Thank um, you but yeah, much. I do. I do listen to different podcasts. There's also another podcast called nine to five ish, which is um, hosted by two, um, two ladies. I know they have, um, I think they have degrees, but I haven't really looked into them, but I just listen to their podcast and they're always bringing on different, um, different people that are, um, you know, females and that are maybe in business or are entrepreneurs. And um, it's just really been inspiring to hear their story and how they started, whether, you know, some of them are not in education, but it's just been inspiring to listen to other um, women really embrace their, um, their experience. Um, And then going back to just general entertainment, I am a hopeless romantic, so everything that has to do with romance and books and um, TV shows, movies, all that stuff, I'm all for it. So um, that's just something that I do on the side besides, you know, going to college and working all these jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Nelsie, it has been a true pleasure to hear about your trio journey and the things that you're currently doing, which is very, as you already said, the very aptly word used, uh, inspiring. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and for allowing us to getting to know you a little bit more. Um, And I hope to have you on again soon so you can give us updates. Of course. Yeah, I would love to come back maybe when I'm doing my MSW to see like if I actually took a break or not. Yeah, (laughs) we'll check in at that point. Yeah. (laughs) So Nelson, we have a traditional Let's Talk Trio podcast where we have the guests sign off. Do you care to do the honors? Of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Nelsie Montes Romero. I am a current participant of the TRIO Student Support Services Program at California State University, Monterey Bay. I am pursuing a degree in collaborative health and human services focusing on social work. Thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to follow me on my academic journey, you can find me on IG at Educating Latina. TRIO Works.
That was our guest, Nelsi Montes Romero, with the Trio Student Support Services Program at California State University, Monterey Bay. Nelsi, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your trio journey. Remember, if you would like to be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast or know a staff, advocate, participant, or alumni, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Vialpando, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Dr. Jeff Naputi, Angelica Valdez, Rosario Riley, Felicia Rivera, TrioJobList.com, Jaded Electronics, Nosotros Education Center, Cambridge Educational Services, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can sponsor the Let's Talk Trio podcast in one of three ways. Become a monthly patron on Patreon. Our base level starts at a dollar a month. Become a corporate sponsor by placing an ad on the podcast. Email us for details. Become a supporter with a one-time donation to the podcast PayPal account. Our business handle is at Let's Talk Trio. I'd like to take a moment to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music producer and composer, and post-production editor. Amelia Castañeda, script supervisor, marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. This episode was recorded Sunday, November 12th, 2023. We are in an election year. I strongly urge our listeners to exercise their right to vote. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.